Hey everyone, welcome to Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Brie Marie from livingbrilliant.com. I'm a blogger, online course creator, a mindset and success strategist, and now a podcast host. This podcast is all about how our mindset creates the reality of every aspect of our lives, from money, to relationships, to careers, to entrepreneurship, and even our health and wellness. I know firsthand just how powerful our mindset is and just how easy it can be to get lost in the complexities of life. Through my own journeys with anxiety, a tough career transition, building a blog from scratch, and a super shaky start with online entrepreneurship, I've been able to connect with experts, coaches, entrepreneurs, and other bloggers from all around the world who are now excited to share their transformational stories and mindset shifts with you. So let's jump in. What's up, everyone? Brie here. Today's guest is Taylor from Flamechild.com. She is a conscious relationship and self-empowerment coach who has connected with thousands of people through her blog. I met Taylor through Instagram because, well, I don't really know. All I can say that it was definitely divine planning that I came across her profile randomly one day, checked out her blog, and then hit her up and said, yo, I like your blog. At the time, I had just launched my first course, and she confessed to me that she was thinking about creating her first course, and our friendship quickly grew from there. In this episode, we talk about how she grew and shifted her small-town mentality when she moved six hours away for university, how a relationship sparked an interest in Twin Flames, which then led her to create her blog, TwinFlames.com. Why a continuous mindset growth is essential for starting a blog and business, and how self acceptance and healing is a major key for any entrepreneur, and so, 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 so much more. This was actually our second time recording this episode because the first one had this weird electronic glitch, which we are just going to blame on Mercury in retrograde. So, a huge thank you to Taylor for being a champ and having the willingness to re-record this episode with me. I will make sure to include all the links for her blog and social media in the episode description. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey Taylor, how are you? Hi, how are you doing? Really good. So this is, let's just tell everyone this is the second time that we've recorded this episode. Yep, take two. Take two, but the second time's always better. We had like a weird scratching, bleeping, we don't know what is going on, but it was like going to be deafening for people listening with headphones. Um, so why yeah. don't you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Okay, yeah, my name is Taylor. I am a conscious relationship and self-empowerment coach and I also have a from Asheville North Carolina (laughs) I okay this is totally off topic but I love the show Southern Charm have you seen it I know that's not that's in South Carolina but like I feel like the Carolinas are somewhat 
similar? Isn't that in Charleston? I've never seen it before, but I feel yeah. like it's Charleston. Which oh, see, so that's like more of a low country. It's very um, Appalachian type mountains here. We have like you know your quintessential rednecks and hillbilly type <laughs> vibes. People definitely have moonshine distilleries um, illegally in the backwoods, along with their pot farms that are illegal here. So, yeah, welcome to the mountains. (laughs) Well, I've seen some of your Instagram stories, and it's like you go hiking every weekend, and I'm like, where is she? What foreign country is she in? And then you're like, you put the geotag, and it's like North Carolina. I'm like, what? That exists in the U.S.? (laughs) So gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountain range in um, in uh, the United States, wh- whoever this country is, uh, and they <laughs> lay on the the second largest fault line. So I've definitely slept through plenty of earthquakes here. They're not like California earthquakes, but apparently people are like, "Oh, I was startled out of my sleep. Were you?" And I'm like, "No." Oh wow! <laughs> but, um, yeah. Fun fact, yeah. That's funny. I actually, I sleep through earthquakes here too. So I'm with you on that one. But you have a really interesting backstory about where, and I mean, we already talked a little bit about where you grew up, but how you grew up. And there was this, I mean, we talked about in the last episode, this major mindset expansion that took place that really caused you to be more open-minded and really grow your mindset. So can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I actually grew up in a small town, um, about 30 minutes outside of uh, Asheville, uh, up along the Tennessee border. It's probably has, it definitely has more trees and people. It's not, I didn't grow up in a very diverse area. It was almost like a hundred percent Caucasian. So, I mean, it was, not diverse at all. Um, but I lived with my mom who, uh, she's a single parent raising me. So it was just her and I, which was really nice. Um, and thank goodness for her because she's the reason that I was able to expand my horizons and mindset out of just being in like a really small town with absolutely no diversity. (laughs) Um, she would actually she made a point to take me on all sorts of vacations to like larger cities, New York city, um, LA, Las Vegas. Uh, we've been to Atlanta, DC. And she, she literally told me, she's like, I just want you to experience diversity because a lot of the kids that I went to school with were afraid to even go into downtown Asheville, which is like way, way more small than any place I've been to like traveled to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I've actually ran into the, some of these kids I went to school with since like we've graduated high school and college and I've graduated college and came back and I'm like, Oh, did you ever leave here? And they're like, well, no, I, I don't even go into Asheville still. Like their mindset, they're, st- they're like stuck in such an old mindset that they're, they're literally stuck not only in their mind, but in this town. And they know nothing else. And I'm just like, wow, it's like a disjustice to yourself, mm-hmm. in my opinion. No, I agree. I mean, even I didn't grow up in a small, I mean, I think San Diego is a pretty big city, but I grew up kind of in the more suburb area called Bonita. 
and we're really close. We're like 30 minutes from the border. But even when I go back into my, into, I don't want to call it my small town, but my, where I grew up in Benita, it's like a lot of people didn't ever leave. Like that is all that they know. And I think it just, it's so empowering to be able to travel and especially to live outside of where you grew up because there's so many things are so different and it really does expand your mindset. So you're really fortunate to have had a mother who really instilled that in you in a young age. Yeah. And I think part of it, like her being a single mother and like, I mean, she bought our, my childhood home herself. Like she was in the real estate market. She was able to provide for us just her. And that showed me like, that's how I saw a woman like as a role model growing up, which really empowered me. Like I was my high school, there was like 400 kids and I was super shy. So I started, um, I was like, I need to stop being so shy. So it's kind of like when I uh, started working with my mindset and doing just small things each day, each week, just to push myself out of my fear zone. Like even if it was just raising my hand in class and I mean, I've, I even went so far to audition for a rock band as a singer <laughs> Um, I was terrified. I didn't want to do it. And I told myself you're doing it. And I had my eyes closed the whole time and I sang a song in front of people and I felt like I was going to pass out, but I did it. Um, so that kind of prepared me. I feel like for when I was going off to college, because here I am coming from the school of 400 kids tra to traveling six hours away from home for the first time being away from home, like on my own that far away, like where I couldn't just come home on the weekends and um, going to East Carolina university where there's 35,000 students. And I didn't know anyone there. Um, so it's like, you had to really break through some fear barriers and limitations and that just limited mindset to just be able to do that. But it felt like something I needed to do. Yeah, so I get absolutely. It. That's um, that's amazing. Good for you. That is, I did not know that you auditioned for a rock band, so that's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't get the part, but I, I did it, and that's what counts. Which, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you really put yourself yeah. out there. That's the most important thing. Sometimes that's the lesson that you need. It's not even so much getting the part, but just the lesson in trying out for something and really sticking yourself out there. Yeah, and it's like if you get on the other side of fear and you look back over at fear, you're like, well, that wasn't so bad. Like, yes. it gives you like a boost of confidence to try something a little bit bigger, try something a little bit bigger. Yeah, I always say people walk around like fear is going to kill them um, mm -hmm. because we really start to hypothesize all of these potential situations um, that aren't ever going to come to fruition so <laughs> it's funny but we have I, we talked a little bit about this so you have a blog called flame child and mm -hmm. it's all about twin flames and so for people like me before I've had the opportunity to really speak to you can you explain to us what is a twin flame 
Yeah. Um, this is always my favorite um, opportunity. This is honestly, this has been my fear challenge is explaining twin flames and not feeling like a psychopath. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I sat down to really think to myself, what is a twin flame to me? Because I just had the experience, but putting it into words was kind of a, <laughs> a challenge in and of itself. But twin flames are essentially, it's a divine union with a divine purpose. So essentially, it's you only have one twin flame if you have a twin flame, and like you come together, and it is a romantic connection, and it just it catalyzes you into this spiritual awakening, and which in turn catalyzes you to eventually want to strive to find your like life path, your mission, your soul purpose here. Um, it's an amazing experience, but it does start with like this connection with this person. It's this deep soul spiritual connection. And it's an intense connection because I mean, most people mirror back to us things that, you know, if we don't like something we see in someone else, it's probably something that's like within us and we're just projecting that. But twin flame is our perfect mirror. Like if Anything that we are irked about with them, that's something we have to heal within ourselves. And it's like every time they mirror something back for you to heal, like you have to heal to even come together into like this divine union. Otherwise, the energy between yourself and that person is so intense. Like when you have all these like fear barriers uh, Mm. that it's like you can't come together. Um, so how do you know if you've found your twin flame? Like what is, I mean, kind of touched on this in the last episode, but what is the difference between a soulmate and a twin flame? Yeah. So um, that's a good question. Cause typically when I mention this to someone, they're like, Oh, it's a soulmate. And I'm like, I wish uh, not really, <laughs> um, but uh, soulmates can, they can be like your friends, they can be family, they can even be your pets. And that's just like a soul connection that you've had for many lifetimes. And it's like this instant recognition, like, oh, I, you know, you meet someone and it's like, oh man, it's like I've met you before. And it's like this instant, like comfort. And that's really like that energy with a soulmate. And you can have like multiple, as I say, you can have multiple soulmates on this journey in life. Um, soulmates can come and go some of them don't stay forever but they all do come in to teach us a lesson even if they do eventually leave our life obviously they've served their purpose and it's time for them to go but with twin flames as I said you only have one it is a romantic connection um and the really interesting um part of the connection like everyone has like a masculine and feminine energy within them like part of you has to know how to surrender while the other part knows how to, when to take action. But this person, you meet them and it's like one person holds more of this masculine energy. The other person holds more of a feminine energy. Um, and the clincher is they never go away. It's a forever connection. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you will always be magnetized back together and pulled back together. No matter how far you try to get away from each other because the energy is so intense between you and you're triggering each other the universe will conspire to bring you back together somehow, some way. It's the craziest thing. So is this like, 
I don't even know if this is like a good question, but is this something where like can that can transcend over like different lifetimes? Like I really believe and growing up, my mom was like this, like she would have like mediums and psychics and stuff like come to our house. Like we had like a crazy, I can tell you like some serious haunted house stories about our house growing up. Um, but it was like, I believe that like our souls ha- are reincarnated into different bodies, like after we die. So it was like our twin flame, someone that can like in my next lifetime, am I going to have the same twin flame? So it's, oh, and this is where it gets really, like, this is where I usually lose people. Um, but since you believe in past lives and stuff, hopefully you, you'll understand, like, kind of where I'm going with this. But um, with Twin Flames, it's kind of this connection that has been around since, well, the beginning of time. But you do travel between lifetimes together and um, always working to heal and come into divine union they usually they say your last lifetime is the lifetime that you do come into this full union with your twin flame but they say at the beginning of time it's one soul that is split into like two whole halves because you know each person's going to be a whole person within themselves but it's like a soul split and that's where the connection is so intense because you are this person and they literally are you and it's yeah I mean you travel if the soul obviously is going to travel through all lifetimes together but yeah it's just incarnated in two different human vessels essentially so I know some twin flames are very old souls some of them I have friends who have had sessions with um twin flame um coaches who told them that they don't have like they haven't been through a bunch of lifetimes or more of a new soul. Um, I actually had a session with someone and they told me based off numerology, my numerology, numerology chart that I'm a very old soul, which I can, I can feel that. I feel like my, my twin flame and I are pretty old souls. <laughs> yeah. We've done that's times. interesting. Cause that was like the same thing. Like I wasn't, I was so young when this happened and my mom had a medium come to the house. Um, I actually wasn't even physically there. Like I met her, but then my dad like took me to the movies because I'm sure that would have, it would have scared the crap out of me as I think I was only like seven or eight at the time. But the um, medium like told my mom that I was a really old soul, uh, which I thought was really cool. And I think my dad is a very young soul, but my mom's also an old soul. So we kind of, me and my mom always have like this very weird psychic connection almost um, where we have like the same dreams some nights or we know when the other one is sick and we'll be able to like call, like I know when my mom's like having a bad day or vice versa and we'll call each other within minutes of thinking of each other. Um, so there's just, we even had, I mean, this sounds so crazy when I talk about this stuff. So anyone who's listening, they're like, what is she talking about? But you probably, it's totally normal. Yeah, it's totally normal. So we had, um, my mom and my mom's spirit animals. I don't even know if it was a spirit animal, but it was just a spirit that was in our house is we would have these two huge white lions 
and they would always sleep next to us. Um, like I had my own room, but I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would just see an outline of like a big white lion that would just sit at the foot, like right next to like the foot of my oh, bed. Wow. And I remember being young and like walking into my mom's room, my parents' room and seeing if my mom was sleeping, like seeing this big, like this is a very like forceful and heavy like lion energy that's the only way that I can describe it so I like grew up around a lot of this stuff (laughs) um but I don't actually don't really talk about it that much because it's not a huge part of my life but it's very interesting how how past lives work and spirits and twin flames and things like that um and so go ahead oh I was gonna say and it's funny like I grew up and the Bible Belt, and it's mostly Baptist here, and I grew up in that just a traditional Baptist church, and yeah, I mean, I'd become spiritual, believing in past lives, and all this stuff, which is so, you know, it's out of the wheelhouse of what I learned, but at the same time, there are a lot of things that I believe in that, like, about the spiritual realm that my mom even taught me like um, premonition dreams, all these different things. Like she always talked about that stuff when I was growing up, which is it's out of the wheelhouse for a traditional Baptist church. So there was like, there's a level of acceptance that at least was there before I was able to really deep dive into believing in past lives and stuff. But I definitely do now. How did you, I mean, that's a good segue. So how did you discover what a twin flame was and what is kind of like your personal journey with your twin flame? Yeah. So, um, (laughs) it was very interesting. I was on YouTube looking at something not pertaining to twin flames. And there was a video, another video on the side panel and the title was twin flames. I was like, Obviously, there was soul recognition to the terminology because I think if you're not having the experience or if it's not part of your DNA makeup or your soul makeup, you wouldn't really pay attention to it. But something was like, look it up. So I Googled it and I Googled for hours. But I was reading about it and I was like, holy crap, this is my life. Like, what? And I, I mean, it was like it all resonated with me, even though it was really like, very esoteric, spiritual, cosmic, this is not something I feel like normal people knowledge, but it resonated with me, which made it like, it kind of validated that I was having this experience. But I, um, the person that I obviously popped my mind when I discovered this term is someone I met back in college. We've been friends for almost a decade. Um, and we've remained friends for the majority of the time, partially because I friend zoned him for so long. I didn't recognize him. He reminded me of it a couple of times. He's like, yeah, I remember that time you friends on me. And I'm like, sorry, it wasn't the right time. Like, seriously, it wasn't even the right time for me to even be open to the connection. I believe in divine timing, but um, so yeah, I was completely like oblivious to the connection, but I can look back at old pictures of us in college and we're not even consciously aware of the pure fact that we're in all, we're near each other in all these different pictures. Like we're close by all, like we seem to always be close by each other 
just naturally. It's like that natural magnetism just draws us in. Even if we didn't recognize it was going on or he was just creeping on me, I don't know. <laughs> so is the twin um, flame, what, is it someone that you can set the intention to find or do you kind of have to let the universe let them come to you type of situation? Some people set the intention for him. Um, I did not. I ended up just getting invited into this group of friends who lived in an apartment across the hall from me. Um, and it just, we kind of stumbled in each other, into each other's lives. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, when people set intentions for this experience, I'm like, you have no clue what you're trying to sign yourself up for. Because <laughs> I mean, it's been, we spent seven years of us knowing each other, just talking back and forth on text or social media or whatever. And I mean, I was constantly like, he dealt with me pushing him away, like, like flirt with him, push him away, flirt with him, push him away and like block him and delete him on social media for a month and then reach out to him again. And that's like the push pull game between twin flames. So that was going like, it's not something it's very normal. So when people they see the romantic side of the whole situation, I'm like, you have no clue what experience, like what really happens like behind the closed doors of the twin flame experience, like the pushing back and forth and the ghosting each other. Um, it's a normal thing. And it's all it's doing is like pushing you farther into catalyzing your own soul's growth. And like, really looking at yourself objectively like why am I so why do I feel so rejected by this person this is just some person like this is just a normal person like why do I feel so hurt by what they're doing and then looking within yourself and realizing like maybe this pain has been here before this person and maybe these are things I need to heal within myself and Mm. it's it's very it becomes a very deep journey but yeah I mean I don't I don't regret it but I wouldn't wish it on I wouldn't wish it on anyone because it's, it's a very um, sometimes complicated to explain because people think you're crazy when you're explaining it because it's it's just it's like a deep soul spiritual connection. It's unexplainable. Um, it's like a phenomenon. I think the best way to explain it is quantum entanglement, where two particles can go separate directions but they always affect each other because they're attached by um, a connection that cannot be broken. So very very interesting that is crazy to think about that is so crazy to think about I'm like wow I've tested it like this I've tried to test it to see if it was real and every time it's like reconfirmed like I I've been around him I've been thinking about things because I guess I could backtrack and say twin flames have like almost like a telepathic type connection like you can really sense each other's thoughts feelings and everything their mood even from a distance but I've been around him and I've been thinking of things that are not like general things that someone may like if you're thinking it they'll say it because it's something general it's been like random things like obscure things and he I would be thinking about something and then he would literally say exactly what I was thinking and I'm like I'm like I guess this is real or I've had dreams and visions like even um, 
even before I became conscious of Twin Flames, I was having dreams and visions um, four years prior to any of this Twin Flame stuff coming part of my reality. And they ended up being premonition dreams. Like they were verbatim of what happened four years later. So it's, gosh, yeah, it's a pretty crazy connection, but I, I definitely don't, I accept the connection. I love the connection. I honor the connection because through this connection, like twin flames have this experience and they're pushed to heal themselves and look within themselves and really learn self-love and self-empowerment. And this pushes them into their life purpose and their mission work. And that's how I, that's actually how I started my blog. And it's a blessing. I'm blessed every day for this connection leading me to my life purpose work. That's awesome. And a perfect segue into my next question which was you start gaining all of this knowledge about Twin Flames and you're going through your own experiences, you're doing all the research. And so what was the moment or like that decision that made you want to start a blog? Yeah, so I've always loved to write and I just needed some way to document my experiences and kind of get them out not even on paper. I wanted to get them out in a way where I could actually connect with other people having this twin flame experience, feel a little less crazy and like maybe repurpose my pain that I felt during the connection. Like anytime I've been triggered and like how I heal from that. And I'm like, maybe my experience can help someone because this is really, it's a tough spiritual path. Um, of awakening but yeah that's kind of it was just to document it and connect with others and I definitely connected with a lot of people that way and have had so many people reach out to me and tell me how much my words helped to heal them during this experience which has been rewarding yeah definitely and kind of in a separate conversation that we've had we had something in common where especially when it comes to writing a blog where we kind of we were, we were shy and I was a super shy as a kid and I know you were saying you were a bit shy too and so it was kind of a nerve-wracking thing to be able to share our blogs with people that we actually know like know us on a day-to-day basis so what was the shift that happened that made you want to share more of your blog and the business that you have yeah, so it's very recent, but I'm even making it a little more known to people who I've known for a long time, not people who are in the Twin Flame community, because that was kind of like an easier way to release my blog. But yeah, now I'm talking to people I'm like friends with and I've known for since college and everything about it. But I realized that not only was I tired of hiding this side of me, this big part of who I am, but I knew I couldn't hide it forever because the truth always comes out. Yes. So (laughs) I I was like, I have, it's now or never. Like, I'm like, what if this, like my intention is to make this my full-time gig. I mean, I have to be able to express to people, like trust myself enough to express myself to the people I'm closest to 
like, hey, this is me and this is what I do. And it, it was really coming down to self-acceptance, I think. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I, I really resonate with that because – I've had my blog for over a year now and I feel like just within this past year has been the only time that I've really talked about it with anyone other than maybe like two or three friends and like my mom and my dad, which sounds like only my mom and my dad know. Um, but it's, that's really the only people that knew about it. And as I started growing and getting more of a following and like actually making sales and like taking on clients. I was like, I can't, I can't keep hiding it. Like it was, it almost felt like I was being, feeling ashamed or embarrassed by this. And I've kind of had this moment where I was like, I'm really helping people. Like I'm really, really helping these women and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And it kind of does boil down to that self-acceptance of like, this is what I'm doing. And I think when you're in this blogging space and this online entrepreneur space, and I t I've talked about this a lot, it's very difficult to express your vision to someone who isn't in the same space that you are. Like, they're like, what do you mean you make money online? Like, having to explain it to my grandparents was, like, such a trip. I was like, I, I help people and they pay me money. <laughs> like, that was the, oh, the simplest way that I could explain it to them. And so it really does take some level of like self-acceptance of being like, it doesn't even matter if people that I know don't understand what I'm doing. I'm going to continue to do it anyway. Yeah. That's, I mean, for me, I felt like I wouldn't be worthy of the acceptance of others to be like, Hey, this is what I love to do. This is who I am. And it just got to point. I mean, especially like, with this um, twin flame journey and healing and really having to shift my mindset a thousand times over and really get to a space where I just stopped caring what other people thought. I was like, the true people in my life will stay. If other people fall away, well, they weren't meant to be there anyways, and that's okay. And like the, the space that they leave allows for space for more of my soul family to come in, people who will support me mm -hmm. in this endeavor. So. Absolutely. And I, mean, I think the more people that you connect with that are in the same niche or just space that you're in, like the better, like the more your mindset begins to grow tremendously. Mm -hmm. Like I know even just connecting with you and connecting with the other women that I've interviewed on this podcast and just an online community that has such a presence, like it's just so wild because they're not in your day-to-day -day life, like your physical life. They're not there when you walk into the office at 8 a.m., but there's such a powerful influence on how you approach business or how you approach your blog and how you interact in the world. Um, that's always such a kind of hard, difficult thing um, for other people to wrap their head around. And so as we're on the topic of like expanding your mindset and, and all of those things, so how would you define a mindset and how would you say your mindset has grown since you began your blog? Okay. Yeah. So I definitely look at mindset as like your attitude and your perceptions and like um, personal beliefs that you carry. And they actually help to define your response to like situations and experiences. Mm -hmm. So someone with, obviously it's more of a closed mindset. We're going to, 
I feel like they're going to more so react to experiences and respond to them because they're not going to be able, like they don't have the perspective yet to kind of stop and take in the whole situation and deduce how to, I guess, respond to a situation in a certain way. Like, I don't, for instance, I can use, for example, when I have internet trolls come at me on social media, if I did not have the mindset I have now, I would probably lash out at them. But now I'm able to, I either decide, I kind of tap into my intuition, I either decide to respond or typically I express something very objective, like an objective response to them. And if they continue to on their mouth, I just block them instead of like starting an argument. Cause I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, is it worth me getting stressed out over this person's opinion? Why should I let their opinion affect my well being? Yeah. So. I love that you brought that up about having people who maybe have more of a fixed mindset react and people who have a growth mindset have more of a like I'm living through it like I'm present through the experience Mm -hmm. rather than like having a reaction to it and especially the internet trolls saying oh my gosh that has been definitely something that I have I don't want to say struggled with because I feel like 95% of the people that I interact with online are amazing and great and positive and I always have a good interaction with them but then of course there's this five percent where you start getting those emails or you start getting those dms and they're like tearing apart like maybe the way that you look or like the content that's on your blog and it is hard I remember texting calling my mom at like one in the morning one time being like someone doesn't like me (laughs) like so upset and then I had to kind of switch my mindset switch my perspective to be like okay, so one person didn't agree with what I said, but maybe the 90 other people that saw that post or however many people, like, they did resonate with it. And so it's all about kind of what you focus on. And so that's why sometimes when people ask me, like, how do you handle working with, um, with hate or with internet trolls? And I'm like, I don't. I just don't deal with it. I'd rather focus on all of the positivity that's around me. You know, if someone comes to me with constructive feedback or constructive criticism, absolutely, I'm going to sit down and listen to them. But when you're like commenting about my nose or like, I don't know, whatever, whatever the situation is, it's like, it's nothing. There's no, nothing for me to gain from, from interacting with that person. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) If it threatens my inner peace, I'm not interested. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I love that quote, of course. So as an online entrepreneur, what do you think has been one of the biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome and what maybe you struggled with the most? Um, probably, I think the biggest obstacles have been patience has been a big thing and just allowing things to grow organically. Like, I've had people who are like, well, can't you just buy Instagram followers? And I'm like, well, that's stupid. (laughs) I'm like, that is phony. And I'm trying to build a business based upon authenticity. Are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I want to grow and expand organically because what you throw back, what you, I want to cultivate something real in the business, not just 
have a number on a screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the patience part, even just like probably patience with myself. Cause at first I was just doing it as a hobby and I was like, well, how do people make this into a business? I have no clue how to do this. And like one of my uh, core wounds to heal has been asking for help. And it's not a pride thing. It's like, it's a fear that I'm not worthy of asking for help. Like what I, my request isn't worthy of attention. So that's been something to work through. And like, I've been able to like kind of kick people's brains and it's been a slow process, but I'm like, you know, and it's, as I said, it's a patience with myself. Like, you know, you kind of grow with your blog and you grow more into yourself. And the more you've grown into yourself, the easier it is to reach out for help. Because, I mean, this is, my blog will be a year old um, mid-September. And I really didn't start the entrepreneurial side until, gosh, January. Someone reached out to me. They're like, do you provide sessions? And I was like, sure. (laughs) So I had to throw something together real quick. And I just did it on the fly. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to price anything. I didn't feel confident enough to price anything. And now... I have no problem. I know my work. I'll price things. I'll set up new things for business. And yeah, it's just, it's it's patience and just loving yourself the whole journey. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting that you brought up how you kind of had to do it on the fly with your first session. Because someone just asked me today, he was like, he was like, how do you, did you know what you were doing? Did you have a blueprint or like, what was that process like? And I was like, honestly, I'm the worst person to ask if you should have a, a have a blueprint because I didn't have one. Um, and some people are different. I think some people are very methodical about how they go about launching a business or doing really anything um, where there's in the other half is, people who kind of are just like figure it out when I get there like I've just got this this thing that I want to do and I'll figure it out as I go um so it's really like one I don't want to say one or the other but there's definitely like a a very vast difference of, of how of how you do of how people go about starting these businesses so that kind of leads me into my last question so if someone came to you and they were like, Taylor, I really want to start a blog and I love all this online business-based stuff that you're doing. What would you tell them? First off, just like push fear aside and take the leap. Just do it. Like I remember I had three or four articles up on my blog unpublished and I wouldn't even click the publish button for like a few days because I was like, oh gosh, what what are people going to think? And I was just like, like stop the mind chatter, stop the monkey mind and just jump off, jump into the water off the cliff. Like everyone, everyone else who's jumped off hasn't died yet. You won't die either. So definitely take a leap, take the leap, um, be patient and consistent. Um, because I've, you know, you kind of learned humans, we work off consistency. And if you're consistent, consistently showing up and posting and like participating in, the business you're trying to grow, then it's going to grow because it's law of attraction, you know, where you put energy, that's where energy flows and then it grows. <laughs> um, also close your ears to negative opinions and follow your heart and follow your truth. 
Like, I, I didn't, I just, I didn't care what opinions people had. Like, oh, you're writing a blog. Why? Like, because I want to. Because <laughs> it oh my feels gosh, right that to That was me. my biggest fear. <laughs> was people just saying, like, what are, you, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Who are you to have, have these, these thoughts or, like, be able to teach other people or, like, create courses? Like, that was honestly my biggest fear that held me back for so long, which is why I never, like, really shared it with my personal Instagram. Um, but it was ironic because it was just my own fear but I would have it in my mind, which this sounds so, I don't even know if this makes sense, but it would be like, I could hear other people that I like knew or like that I went to high school with or university with like saying these things to me. But then I realized like I had this weird moment where I realized that, okay, it's not actually them saying those things. It's my ego saying those things. Mm-hmm. And Rejection. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that the ego is the sneakiest son of bi- son of a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I really, that's kind of when I began to shift my perspective of like, okay, it's really not, you know, Jesse from seventh grade making fun of me for starting this blog. Like it's really like my ego, my inner child kind of being like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, um, right. and not so much my conscious self. So yeah, that's really a good point to bring up. Yeah. But, um, our negative self-talk is our biggest enemy for sure. Like mm-hmm. I, that's when I started sharing more, um, feeling comfortable enough to share more like personal in-depth trauma, getting over like really deep trauma type stories. And I knew I had to share it because it's like, this happened to me, this happened to me so I could help other people through it. Like as weird as that sounds, um, yeah, pain has a purpose. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of the mindset it, when you start looking at your pain for something else and victimhood mentality and like looking at it like, oh, I experienced this so I can now help others. Um, but yeah, like there was a moment I was just like, oh gosh, what are people going to think? Like, the funny thing is a lot of people, it's like once you share your deep, dark secrets and stories, a lot of people who've experienced that are worse who you know, and you would have never guessed. So yeah, it it always kind of starts with self. It's like, shut the inner critic down, push it out of the way and just kind of tap into your heart and stay there and listen to what your heart wants to do. Um, So I think the last thing I would say with my advice for an online business or a blog is to be authentic because people will read through your bullshit. (laughs) Yes. I feel like some genuine. More, yes, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, the more real and raw you are, the more people trust you and resonate with you. Yeah, I think that's a huge. That's so important to bring up because I see sometimes other people's posts on Facebook or Instagram, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, it's not. I think that it takes a certain sense of like vulnerability, like you were saying, to talk about like these painful experiences that happen to you or happen through to us throughout our lives and you have to be willing to share those things like it's no longer about like the embarrassment or the shame that's associated with them but like the ability for your pain to help someone else to be like oh I'm not the only one who's been through 
this shitty situation. And I'm, I'm not the only one who's been fired from a job or like, you know, whatever the, the case is. So, and it's very easy. I think those vibes and that energy, even if we're not sitting in the room with that person is it's transcended through whatever device you're on and that disingenuous energy just like screams at you and that's why people aren't liking your photo or you're not getting the clicks or whatever the situation is yeah people can definitely sense energy and like it's kind of like um i mentioned on our take one of this recording it's like if you if you've fallen into a hole before and you found a way to get yourself out of that hole, like you're going to come across people who also have probably fallen or they're in the bottom of the same hole you've been in, but you know how to get out. So therefore you have the experience to go jump down that hole and say, Hey, let me show you how to get out of this hole. And once they know how to do that, they can do the same thing for someone else. And then someone else, then someone else. And you create this chain reaction of people being able to, to help each other out of, these holes in life and everyone just kind of becomes everyone's life coach (laughs) seriously well i will go where can people find you what are your instagram and your blog and all of that i'll include it in the description in this actual episode in the episode notes yes yeah so my uh blog and my e-courses and to book a session with me that's all on flamechild.com and then on Instagram, I'm at flamechild1111. Flamechild1111 is also my YouTube channel. And then I do have a private Facebook group that's specifically for Twin Flames. And that group is, um, I think you can do like facebook.com group, uh, like backslash groups, backslash flamechild1111. But luckily, if you just find your way to my website, I have all the social links. So you click on that and it'll take you wherever you need to go. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for doing this a second time with me. <laughs> but actually, I think, episode, yeah, I think this episode was better than the first one. So yeah, I being able to think about how I'm going to articulate twin planes um, to the best of my ability the second time around definitely helps so hopefully listeners out there aren't too confused about it of course if you have any more questions email me and I will be happy to break it down as many times as I can until (laughs) you can find a common ground of understanding (laughs) all right well thank you so much Taylor yeah thank you so much Bree